Why don't you lift your hands right now and just worship Him. Praise God. Come on, lift your voice up. Lift your hands toward heaven. Forever you are God. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Come on, just lift your hands to heaven. Sing unto the Lord. Just worship Him right now. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. song you just sang yeah 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 let's sing that together just just worship him we worship you come on together let's sing it together hallelujah We magnify you, Lord. Come on, let that river flow out of your spirit right now. We magnify you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. Hallelujah. We glorify you, Lord. Father, we thank you tonight. 
once again for an opportunity to come into your presence, to sit at the feet of your son Jesus, the great shepherd, to learn of you. <laughs> you said, learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And as we hear from your word tonight, as we're fed at your table tonight, just one word is all we need. Just one word from heaven. That's all we need. One word from heaven can set us free. There's an anointing on your word, Father. Glory to God that removes every burden, destroys every yoke, brings light and illumination. And I thank you that tonight it'll, it'll be so. People will be set free, set free in their thinking, and they'll step up in ways they've never seen themselves to step up in like never before because the anointing brings us up we thank you for that father i thank you for utterance in the holy ghost i thank you for an unction tonight i thank you for a word in due season hallelujah for the right word to be spoken forth that'll touch the hearts of every individual in jesus name and everybody said amen you may be seated we're going to get right into the word tonight so good to be here. It's so good to have Pastor Jeff Moore with us tonight. God bless you. When I heard you were coming, I was excited. Praise God to see you. And it's such a blessing to have you. Such a blessing to have everybody here on a Wednesday night as well. And all of you that are watching online, our viewership is increasing more and more on all the different venues that we have on social media. Aren't you glad for increase? Aren't you glad that through a season where it seemed like others have decreased, we've increased in every area, praise God. There are steep, still people that are at home and they're receiving the Word of God uh, online, so we're glad that you've joined us, but those of you that have come tonight and participated uh, in the flesh, praise God, I believe God has something specifically for you and those that are watching in Jesus' name. Did you bring your Bibles with you tonight? We're going to continue a message that we started a couple weeks ago here at this campus on incre increasing your capacity of faith. Increasing your capacity of faith. And uh, by the way, it's faith that pleases God. Hallelujah. I said it's faith that pleases God. And so faith is a vital part of your relationship between you and the Father. You need faith. And you got to be careful that faith don't become old hat to you. You know, you got to you got to really be careful that you know you don't get in this position that you're bored with faith, that you, it's something that you've heard before and you want to move on to the next. You never can move on from faith. You might hear other messages, but you still have to apply faith when it comes to those messages because it takes faith to receive from God. Hallelujah. It, in fact, it required faith to become born again. Faith came by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And when you heard the word and you heard the gospel, that's when you made the decision to receive Christ. Hallelujah. And then when you got born again, you were all dealt the measure of the God kind of faith. So you all have faith, but you have the capacity to increase that faith. Just like you all have muscles, <laughs> some have bigger muscles than others because they've developed in areas maybe that you haven't. You do have a stomach muscle. Some of yours is bigger than others. <laughs> And you've developed and increased that muscle. You've stretched that muscle. You've uh, lifted silverware. And uh, you've grew. 
Praise God. I believe we're in a season of shrinking when it comes to that, and I receive that anointing for that, if there is one. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Say that with me. It's a season of shrinking when it comes to my fat. <laughs> Hallelujah. But when it comes to faith and developing our faith, I believe it's a season of increase. And uh, every, uh, the Lord has challenged us, I believe, and it seems like every season, every year, there's a new challenge. There's a new level the Lord wants to bring us up to. I believe he's bringing our church up to a new level of prosperity. I believe he's bringing our church up to a new level of miracles. When it comes to miracles, signs, and wonders, we're stepping up to a new level. Hallelujah. And every new level, he wants to increase your capacity to get there. He wants to increase the capacity of your faith because it takes faith to get to that level. If it didn't require faith, then it wasn't a level that God ever brought you to. But when God brings you to a new level, it's always bigger than what you can do yourself. Whether that's financial, whether that's vision that you get from heaven for ministry. Now there's things and there's areas where we're moving forward as a church. And it's going to require us to immerse ourselves into another level of faith. And to do that, we're going, to be, we're going to be immersed in a word that takes us there. Hallelujah. It's going to take a word from God to take us to that next level. So we've got to stay connected to that. Can you say amen? And so I believe, whether it's on a personal note or even in ministry, that uh, we're stepping up to places we've never been before in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Can you say that with me? I'm stepping up in places I've never been before. And so if you've never been there before, then obviously the Spirit of God has. He knows. He's never going to take you to a place where there's no provision or grace to, uh, to, to provide for you in those places. But uh, faith always meets that place of grace. Faith always meets that place of grace. And so, praise God that whatever God's graced us to do, it has to be, it must be reached and received by the faith of God on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm reaching for more. I'm reaching for more. And there's areas, I'm just kind of meddling a little bit here, if that's, if that's all right with you. There's areas that the Lord has dealt with me on a personal note that would look like it's going to take us back or decrease us by things that I'll be planting and things that I'll be doing in the natural. But what God is doing is he's preparing and he's making room for more. Hallelujah. And so sometimes God will have you do something. Like, for instance, I've, I know I've had the uh, privilege, I thank God, <laughs> that I was able to do this, the Lord had dealt with us about two times to give two different vehicles away with the title and the note. And in the natural, especially the first one, because it was one of my favorite vehicles that was paid for, that I want to keep garage kept, you know, for years, that I loved. And one day I got in that car and the Lord said, it's not yours no more. And he told me who to give it to. And it seemed like it was a step backwards because we were going without a car, but what we were doing was we were clearing out the shelves, so to speak, and making room for God to fill them with something bigger, 
with something better, praise God. And it wasn't necessarily a vehicle in that sense. But we had some needs and we had some areas where we needed God to meet us at. And God used that seed, praise God, that seemed as though we were decreasing to make room for the bigger. Praise God. And so I believe God's going to bring us some places, but there's going to be some times in our life where sowing is required. Hallelujah. And it may not look like you're increasing at that moment, but you're releasing the seed of faith with that other seed that you're sowing to make room for what you're believing for that's bigger than what you have. And I believe there's a season of the bigger coming for this church. I believe that for you too, Pastor Jeff. I believe there's a season of bigger coming for you. And I don't think it's by accident sometimes people just pop in, praise God, and show up because when God has bigger for you, he'll get you in a place where your capacity to receive that, which is with the hand of faith, can grow. You can only, uh, you know, if you take a, if you take a shopping basket to, to Sam's or you take it to your favorite grocery store, you can only fill that thing up to capacity, and by the time you fill it up, you're going to have to get another basket if you want to get more. And so when it comes to faith, if you're believing for more, God wants to get a bigger basket or wants to enlarge the size of your basket so that you can fill it up with all that God's already made available to you, but it takes faith to receive it. See, what we don't understand is there's things, when God shows us things, it's already there. When God shows us certain things that are ours, it's already there. It's already been provided. In fact, it was provided for us 2,000 years ago by the shed blood of Jesus and his broken body. God's made provision for everything that you already need. But see, it takes faith to receive it. It takes a hand of faith to receive it. And there's so many things. Is this all right? I'm, I'm going before I got into my text. But there's so many things that are fighting against faith to receive those things and one of those things is you know is you know sight <laughs> you know we have a body we live in this body we have a soul right we possess a soul and we also are a spirit our spirit has the capacity to receive everything from God glory to God but when we use our eyes the eye gate, the ear gate, the mouth gate, sometimes we're challenged and we can limit what we're able to receive because what we look at sometimes can produce an unbelief because we're so carnal. And I, when I say carnal, I'm not talking about you being carnal because you chew, smoke, cuss, or what we rated as carnal in our religious days. That will fit, so to speak. But carnal could be unbelief. Carnal could, you be, could, could be you being moved by what you see, moved by what you hear, moved by how things feel. And sometimes we're so prone to the, the sense realm. Are you following me? That it affects us. It moves us. And we're more prone to believe that than we are the spirit realm. Let me tell you. In the realm of the spirit, there's a, there's, a, there's a limitless realm that's available to every believer. And it's in that realm of the spirit. Are we all tapped into that? No, we contend with a whole other realm. 
and we're fighting in that realm to stay in one arena or the other. There's a fight to get you in the other so that you're constantly moved by what you see. Because the devil knows if you're going to live by faith, you're going to walk in victory. The devil knows if you're going to live by faith, you're going to walk in a realm that's limitless. The devil knows if you're going to live by faith, you're going to walk in a realm where the abundance is there. You, you can do whatever it is that God tells you to do. And even if God tells you to do it, as long as you're in the arena of flesh, in that carnal arena, and you're moved by what you see, come on, this is good, and you're moved by what you feel, and you're moved by what you hear, as long as you're moved by that, you'll walk in a very limited realm which will keep you unfruitful, and it'll make you look no different than the rest of the world. But you're not supposed to be like the world. You're set apart. You're a holy nation. You're different. Amen. You're not just natural. You have a natural body, but the real you is a spirit being. And if we could see that and really tap into this realm, glory to God, we can flow in places that are bigger than what your eyes can see. It's bigger than what you could ever dream of. You can flow into arenas of prosperity and ministry that you'd never dreamed of doing. See, the Bible says, eye is not seen, nor has ear heard the things that I've prepared for you. But he shows us those things by the Spirit. In other words, you can't get them through the natural. And so we communicate into our spirit from that soulish realm, right? Through the eye gate, through the ear gate, through the mouth gate. Our soul is connected to our spirit. You, you know, the word of God divides it. It's able to divide asunder spirit and soul. But the soul, which is the heart, the heart of man, is comprised of spirit and soul. Is this all right? And so, you, you know, anything that comes from the word of God is going to come through the soul arena and be dropped into the garden of your spirit. And the only thing that can choke it out is your soulish arena being conformed to the carnal or the flesh realm. You, you, ever, you ever said, well, I can't believe that. Words like that come from a developed way of thinking. And so if your soul is developed you know, not in the direction of faith, but it's developed in the direction of feeling, what's going to happen is if God tells you, I want you to do this, or I want you to purchase this land, or I want you to do this. See, God wants to step us up, so we're going to have to do less time developing in the sense realm and more time developing in the faith realm so that we can step into that area in the spirit that God has shown us because it takes faith to do that. And the only thing holding you back is those chokeholds in the soulish arena. It's Wednesday night Bible study. You getting, a, you getting this? All right. I hope, hope it's not over your head. I hope it makes sense to you. It, it does me because anytime there's limitations put on what God tells me to do, I got to go back to some things, sometimes back to the drawing board, back to, you, you know, where I'm getting my mind renewed to the word of God with the washing of the water of the word of God so what's in my mind matches what's in my spirit you know there's that, that game we used to play with the kids uh, you know what's that card game Where, 
you have to make a match. I forget what, not goldfish. The memory game. Goldfish, that's not. <laughs> Shoots and ladders, who said that? <laughs> you remember the memory game? You know, so you got all these cards. You got apples and different fruits or different animals. And you pull over one. And you got to remember where that is just in case you pull over a different card. You want to make sure you get a match. Well, when it comes to faith, you want to have a match in your thinking with what the word says. So we get our mind renewed to the word. And when there's a match, that's when you win. When there's a match, that's when you can collect, right? So if you get two cards that match, you collect that pair. And the one with the most pairs at the end of the game wins. Well, it's the same way with faith. And the devil knows that. If your mind is renewed to the word of God, then your mind will match up with what's already in your spirit. It's really simple. And so when that matches up, then you're ready. Hallelujah. You get to draw in that pair. Remember, I think it was in, in the first session that we taught this. Uh, faith is like unlocking a combination. You know, you, we've got a combination at home. We've got a safe at home, and it's got five numbers. It's got four numbers and a letter that you punch in. Someone told me after I preached it, said, you better be careful. The more you push it, there's wear marks on the number, and a thief will come in there and know which, which numbers to push according to the wear marks on that plastic. Never thought of that before. But, you know, your code might be, you know, 7776A. Well, if you put in 7376 and you miss it by one number and you put A, it's not going to unlock, Right? And it's the same way with faith. You can put faith, 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 unbelief, faith, and you can have all your confessions right and still have unbelief, and that thing's not going to open, is it? All it takes is one element to get in there that doesn't match with what the Word of God says. That's why we got to have a strategy when it comes to our thinker right here so that that lines up with the Word of God. In other words, we got to get ourselves into total immersion, if I can use that phrase, we'll use it later on tonight, with the Word of God so that it's second nature to us. Glory to God. It's second nature to our way of thinking. See, because we're... We live in this world where it's sight, we see, touching, we feel, right? That's how we contact the world with our five senses. But that's not how you contact the faith realm. And if we mix that, you're not going to unlock what faith unlocks. If you have faith, 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 sense, and then faith, or flesh and faith, then there's mixture. Same way where he said in Revelations, I would that you be hot or cold, but not lukewarm. Well, what's lukewarm? Lukewarm is a mixture of hot and cold. And anytime you mix faith with unbelief, it don't matter if you're praising God on Sunday morning and worshiping and you're saying all the confessions with the congregation, but if you mix unbelief on Monday with it, you're not going to unlock that. See, people go to faith churches and they got faith confessions on Faith Sunday at Faith World. But when they get home and it's unbelief time at home, no wonder why there's no difference. And see, what we're after as pastors is not just seeing the seats filled up and getting you to praise God more. We want to see that you get what we're talking about because it's the just that live by faith. 
You don't just live on Sunday when you come to church. You don't just live on Wednesday when you come to church. You don't just live on special meetings. No, you live on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And if you want to live, you're going to have to live by faith. Because let me tell you something. The devil don't just fight you on certain days. He will fight you every day of the week. There's things that you're going to contend with every day of the week. But there's some things you should be over by now. There's some mountains you've been circling around and they're just small little mountains. God wants to take you to another challenge. Hallelujah. And so you're going to have to bring attention again to your spirit and take, take notice of your, your, your level of faith and then level up. Hallelujah. Remember we talked about uh, gauging up. That was one of the things we said. Just a little bit of review. We're gauging up in this place. If you uh, want to put a certain amperage through a particular uh, unit, you're going to have the right gauge of wire, right? If you don't have the right gauge of wire, you will what? You'll, you'll trip a breaker or it won't, it won't communicate the power that's needed to make it operate to its, uh, from the source, right? And so you want to make sure that the wire or the conduit is gauged for the right amount of power that's supposed to go through it. And so it is with your faith. You want your faith to gauge up because God wants to get more power flowing through the body of Christ. We've got to come to the place where the power of God and the supernatural is no longer optional. In fact, I believe we're there. The world needs the supernatural to be in action. The world needs a church that's full of the supernatural and the power of God and the flow of the Holy Ghost, but we got to gauge up. We can't have this little thin wire that's afraid of the Holy Ghost. I don't know why I'm on this, but I hope it helps you today because there's some people that would rather us not have any time or any room before or after or during the service for tongues or for the move of the Holy Ghost. But guess what? Too bad, too late. The Holy Ghost is allowed to flow in this place. And it don't matter if we're online, on TV. We're going to let it be done the same way. It don't matter if people are offended at that or don't believe in that. There's going to come a day when you're going to need the power of God. And then you'll believe in it. So you might as well just jump in. And, and, you know, well, it's awkward to me or it doesn't make sense. Well, it ain't supposed to make sense to you. If it made sense, it wouldn't require any faith. But let me tell you something. My earpiece is falling off, but I'm still going to preach through it. Let me tell you something. Hallelujah. We are going to talk about the move of the Holy Ghost. We're going to talk about miracles. We're going to talk about signs and wonders. We're going to talk about some unusual manifestations. And the more we talk about it and see it in the Word of God, what's it going to do? It's going to, re it's going to increase our capacity to receive that. And we're going to gauge up. And guess what we're going to start seeing? We're going to see a flow, flow through the conduits in this church, you say, who are those conduits? It's you, it's me, glory to God. It's all of those in this commune right here that'll come together in unity and believe the same thing just like it was in the book of Acts chapter two. They were all in one accord, hallelujah, in one place and their conduit was ready to receive of the power of God and when the power of God flowed, there came a rushing mighty wind from heaven, hallelujah, and tongues of fire sat on each one of them.
That was power being delivered. That was power being delivered. And it was suddenly. It was suddenly. But they had to gauge up. <laughs> they had to gauge up. And you know, to gauge up meant there were more people that were there. There were more people that were, that were there, but their gauge wasn't, wasn't strong enough to receive. So they had other things to do. They had to go to a soccer match and they had to, their roast was burning. So they left the upper room. But there were particular people that stayed. And they all stayed till they were all in one accord in one place. And when they were, that's when the power began to flow. Well, that's what's going to happen as we gauge up. Can you say amen? Let's read our text. We might as well get into that. <laughs> Y'all glad you came? I spent all that time on the intro. Isaiah chapter 54, look at verse 2. I'll read it in the King James. He said, enlarge the place of thy tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not. Hallelujah. Spare not. Everybody say, spare not. Lengthen thy cords. Strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Glory to God. Now look here in the Message Bible. I love the Message Bible. We'll just read this in verse 1, starting there. It said, Sing, barren woman, who has never had a baby. Fill the air with song. You who've never experienced childbirth, you're ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. Did it happen yet? Didn't happen yet, but he told them before it happens, I want you to sing, get happy. <laughs> Glory to God. In other words, if you're barren right now, if you're going to get over in faith, then you better get over in praising. <laughs> so he said, sing, barren woman who's never had a baby. You're about to end up with far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. And now here's what faith does. Faith will clear lots of ground, right? So he says, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Everybody say, think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. You'll forget about all your humiliations of your youth and the indignities of being a widow will fade from your uh, memory. Notice what he said. Spread out, think big, use plenty of rope, drive the tent pegs deep. In other words, make preparation and increase your capacity because I'm about to fill up what you make available. I believe that's prophetic for you. Make some room. Make some preparation. Make some provision for what God's about to do. If you believe it and if you see it on the inside, then get ready for it. Get the tents big enough. Praise God. Not a two-man tent. But get something as big as you can. Glory to God. If you can believe God for two, then go ahead and get four. If you can believe God for four, then go ahead and get eight. 
If you can believe God for eight, then go ahead and get 16. That's what the Spirit of God's saying to you. Think bigger than you've ever thought and get enough rope for that and get your stakes down deep enough because for every level, there's going to be another devil <laughs> that's going to try to come up against you. But guess what? The faith and the grace is more than enough to get you to that place that he's called you in. Glory to God. So what's he saying? Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Don't be distracted. Don't be moved. Don't be sidetracked. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. I'm about to bless you. I'm about to take over in your life. I'm about to bring you up. I'm about to take you to places you never even thought you'd ever be at. And as long as you prepare in faith, as long as you increase the capacity to receive, things will begin to break forth into your life. You thought you'd take over cities, he said, but you're going to take over nations. You thought you'd be in a house, but I'm going to put you in a mansion. You thought you'd be doing this in ministry, but I got much more. You thought you'd be over a thousand, but you'll be over 10,000. Glory to God. So get ready for what I'm about to do, says the Lord. It'll require faith to do it, but getting ready in faith is easy. I've already given you the seed of my word, and as long as you get that word hid in your heart, you'll go into the places that I've designated you to go in, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a big shout. Come on, you can do better than that. Give God a big shout. Glory to God. Go back here now with me. Hallelujah. Little prophecy break. <laughs> go, go back here to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Can you put it, uh, Tyler, in the Amplified 310? 1 Thessalonians chapter 310. How many receive that? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Look here in the Amplified. We read this, but I want to bring a couple things out. A little bit different. Verse 10, it says, And we continue to pray, especially and with most intense earnestness, night and day, that we may see your face or that we may see you face to face. King James says, I want to see your face. And mend and make good whatever may be imperfect and lacking in your faith. Now, the New, the New Living Translation says this, Night and day we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again to fill the gaps in your faith. You remember that? God wants to fill the gaps in your faith. Is it possible that there's areas of faith that you need filled in? Is it possible that there's areas where you need to be more developed in, more established in? Well, certainly, I, I think it is for all of us, right? But notice what he says, and we'll, we'll use this as step one in leveling up. <laughs> step one when it comes to leveling up. Notice what he says. He said, I long to see you. I want to see you. I don't want you just seeing me. I want to see you. Now, I know there are people that are watching me today. You're watching me. You're here, and I can see you. There's some things I've already said today 
just by looking at some of you that have triggered a supernatural word. Some of you might be here already and said, man, this is just for me tonight. There's areas I didn't plan on going until I looked at people. Why is that? Because there's something about you being visible, not just you seeing someone, but you being visible so that your faith can increase. Now, I don't think people realize that because I've heard people say, well, you know, all I need is Jesus. We hear all these religious statements. Like I, I, I read somewhere on a site where someone was looking for a church. And, you know, the most classic religious statement for people that don't like to go to church, but it, it excuses them from going to church is, well, we are the church. We don't need to go to church. We are the church. You ever heard that? I mean, I, we've heard that. For, it, another statement that people say is, well, all I need is Jesus. And Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And that's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. But that's, that's not, the, that, that's not the, the full amplified version of all you needing is Jesus. Because when you get Jesus, you get the one you're sitting next to. Think about that. Because every joint supplies you say, well, I'm sitting, you know, I'm thinking you're sitting next to your daughter and you get to sit. But yet, apart from her being your daughter, because she's born again, she's your sister in the Lord. That's a whole different. And that's where we can get comfortable sometimes and see one another after the flesh instead of realizing I've got to be hooked and joined to each other. And I said that not to, to highlight you or, or, or say this, but there's some people that treat their spouse the, in the worst way. And if they would realize the way they're treating their spouse, if they're born again, is equivalent to treating Jesus that way because they don't see her as Jesus or him as Jesus. Does that make any sense? That's a whole nother message. <laughs> in other words, if we could relate to, an, I, my mother's here, and that doesn't always work where the son is the pastor and the mother and father are there. But in this particular case, it's a God thing because they receive, they know how to distinguish and separate the fact that that's my son and this is my pastor and I receive from that anointing that's on him and I'm not going to let the son get in the way. Well, there are some people that can't, they, they, they choke on that and it's better for some not to go to, to where their blood's at. Does that make sense? But I, I said that to say this. We need Jesus, but we need all that Jesus is connected to. And we're all connected to the body of Christ. And if we would treat each other the way we would treat Jesus, maybe on the level of our flesh relationships, it would increase in a great way if we would really respect the spiritual level of our relationship. That's a little bit of a tangent on this message, but I want you to recognize this. People say this all the time. All I need is Jesus. I don't need a pastor. Well, then what you're saying is you don't need the gifts that God 
that Jesus gave before he left earth. He said, behold, I give gifts unto men. And then he ascended up on high. Before he ascended, he, what did he do? He gave gifts. What are those gifts? The teacher, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, right? And, uh, and, and so on and so forth. The evangelist. Which one did I miss? Apostle. Glory to God. I'm, I'm going so many directions and sometimes I need your help. Thank you. Are those gifts? What are they for? For the perfecting of the saints. Right? So that means all of Jesus means I need the men that he puts in my life or the women that he puts in my life that have an anointing that can see me face to face and then when they see me, something supernaturally kicks in and adds to my faith. In other words... I need a man or a woman of God in my life that's going to bring me up to the level I'm supposed to go. And without that, you'll never go to the places that God has for you. That's a little bit different in this level two message. But sometimes we read the same scripture and we got on a whole other level of this. But God's saying this to you. If you want to increase your capacity of faith and capacity to receive, you're going to have to receive from the shepherd in a way that you've never received from before. In other words, no longer can you just come through the door and casually attend. You're going to have to get your faith before you go up the stairs or go into the building or whatever campus you're attending, before you walk in and receive from your man or your woman of God, you're going to have to use your faith and say out of your mouth, when I go to church today, I'm going to get a word in due season, and those gaps that I have in faith, glory to God, are going to be filled, and because of those words, I'm going to step up to a higher level, and you release your words, and when you release those words, you release your faith, and there, there's the faith to be able to receive from that anointing. Now, Paul here, he, he's at this church in Thessalonica, and he, he's all, he goes, I, I got to see you <laughs> because there's areas in your faith where there are some gaps, and for those to be filled in, you need what's on my life. Now, Hebrews, <laughs> Hebrews 7, 7, this is not to boost me, but this is to boost Jesus and those areas of Jesus that sometimes we neglect are those gifts. Can I go a step further? I have people in this church. <laughs> Can I tip a cow? <laughs> that are Jeremy and Lisa only people. In other words, if I bring a guest minister, they stay home. Well, you say, well, why, what's wrong with that? Because I don't just bring a guest in to bring a guest in so I can go play golf with them and, and have someone fun in the ministry to hang out with. No, we hear from God and bring someone in to fill the gaps in your faith. Well, all I need is the pastor. No, you need all of the gifts that God brings to your life. So, <laughs> this has got, got quiet. <laughs> We're... I, when I see areas where there's places where we need to step in, God will lay someone on my heart that have a grace or a gifting or anointing to pull us up. Let me give you an example. A couple years ago, we needed to step up financially at, as the church. And uh, 
the Lord said, well, you need to get around Brother Copeland. That's what he told me. And that, that year, I went to all of the victory campaigns that I could possibly get to. Why? Because there was something on his ministry that I needed to get on me. I needed to rub up against it. <laughs> I needed to get it on me or whatever so that I could bring that back to this place so that we could step up into a place financially where we were able to do certain things. And there were some things I didn't know about. But let me just say this. I didn't know COVID-19 was going to take place. Neither did you. But do you know it didn't take our church by surprise? We were increasing before that happened, and there was a, an oil rub that came from being around that ministry. I, I use the word oil rub. In other words, there was a rub of the anointing that got on us that supplied for us and brought an increase for us every month during 2020. I can't explain it. But financially, we kept increasing more and more other than the fact that I needed to not only see a man of God, but I had to have a man of God see me and a word be spoken into my life that would equip me and, and enlarge my capacity to receive so that this ministry could walk in a greater arena. And the Lord said, you're going to have to step that up too. <laughs> now, there's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 7, um, you can put it up there. He did. It's, it says here, yet it is beyond all contradiction. Another translation says, without a doubt, the less is blessed of the better. In other words, I, I, I don't see myself less of a person. God don't see yourself less of a person than anybody else. But there are people in the body of Christ that have a greater on them spiritually to supply to you because you need it. And if you need it, it must be they got more on them than you got on you. That's as, that's as good as I can put it without bringing anybody under any kind of condemnation. But can you just realize, can you come to the realization there are people that have gracings and have giftings got a little bit quiet, but I think you're listening, that I need and I need to plug into so that I can get where I'm supposed to do, you know, supposed to go. And those are anointings that aren't on everybody, but the less is blessed by the greater. In other words, the one that don't have it is blessed by the one that does have it. So what happened was I had to get in a place where I know someone that's been there because I haven't been there. And if I want to get to where God's wanting me to go, I want to get around someone that's already been there so that their spirit of faith and their anointing can get over on me. Glory to God. You should be happy that we, that we want to be around people so that we can step up. If I don't step up, you won't step up. Why would you be around someone that won't step up? <laughs> no. You should be thrilled that you have a leader that's desiring to step up. I want to get higher and go higher and get bigger and get stronger and go to these places that God has for us. Why? Because if I step up, then you'll come right up with me. Yeah. Glory to God. I remember one time someone said, well, I can't believe you're driving that kind of vehicle in the, in the church. I, we pulled up in a new car 
a couple years back and said, well, it must be nice. This was about two years ago. I said, yeah, it's about to get nicer. I don't know if that's good English, but that's, that's exactly what I said. I said, yeah, it's about to get nicer. If it didn't get nicer, then it probably won't get nicer for you. It's probably not going to get nicer for that person anyway because their attitude about it. But if you're upset over a leader increasing, then more than likely you got a problem with increase in prosperity and you won't. But let me tell you something. If your leaders are increasing and you're receiving from that, you're going to increase right along with it. Glory to God. And that ain't faith saying, well, it must be nice. No, that's critical. That's jealousy. That's unbelief for your own self. And what that does is it keeps you small. That's a small way of thinking. That's a small way of talking. If you want to increase your capacity of faith, then you're going to have to quit talking that way and get excited and congratulate someone's faith and, and praise Jesus for what he did in someone else's life. You'll never get to the place where someone else got in the body of Christ as long as you're jealous over them. Hallelujah. Get excited, even if it's your neighbor or it's someone in the body of Christ that you sit next to or someone in the church that's increasing. Get excited. You're connected to them. And if they're increasing, you're going to increase. Hallelujah. Pray for someone. Get your faith hooked up with someone and believe God for their increase, especially when you need increase. So Paul said, I, I, I long to see you. And then check this out. They stepped up their faith. They did. And in exactly, I think it was two months from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, theologians would tell you this, it was about two months' time, to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3. Look at that. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3. It says, we are bound to thank God always for you. He's talking to the same people he, he's seen. We we're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. <laughs> in other words, they went from having gaps in their faith to having faith grow. If you want your faith to grow, then you're going to have to get out of your chair and come to church. And that's the reason the devil really used this COVID to get people so used to not going to church, just watching online, thinking that's good enough, and it's not because I need to see you. Hallelujah. Don't get mad at me or give me a thumbs down or a, a dislike. I don't care if you do. Actually, it, I get it all the time, so it's, it's okay. Don't matter. The ESV says, your faith is growing abundantly. The NIV says, your faith is growing more and more. Message says, your faith is growing phenomenally. Then the NLT says, your faith is flourishing. So in two months, their faith capacity went to a brand new level. A level in the Greek, it's called mega faith. Mega faith. <laughs> Can you get to a place where you're immersed into the Word of God and immersed into the move of the Spirit where you get mega faith? Sure. Let me give you a couple points here uh, that we didn't get into. Can I know it's a little bit past time. Can I give you a couple things? How many will give me two things? Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. So we're going to be here till ten. You got that time? <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. So, number one, it's key for you to be connected to your man or woman of God, your shepherd, and the gifts of God to bring you up and step you up, engage you up in faith. You need it. I said you need it. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Say, I need it. (laughs) Now, go with me here to uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22. How do we break through the limits and how do we enlarge our faith capacity? That's what we're going to talk about here. Through getting immersed and getting saturated in the Word of God. Okay? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22 says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them, and health to all their flesh. So with all of the faith projects that we have and all the things that we uh, have going on, even at the church, I tell you, after looking at this weekend and what we did, my wheels were spinning. (laughs) What can we do more? (laughs) What can we do more? Because I know, you know, the church says since 2021, that means there's more to come. But I mean, there's some other things that just, my mind is just going a hundred to nothing of things that we're going to do, but it's going to require faith. It's going to require faith to do that. And so with that, I realized I needed to step up my faith. Really, I mean, as, as the pastor, there's some areas I'm looking at because there's property we're looking at. There's different things we're looking at. I'm realizing I got to gauge up. I got to step up my faith because when I look at it in the natural, I'm always asking questions. How? What if? What about this? What about that? And really, all I need is a word from God. I don't need to know how. I don't need to know what if. I don't need to know what about this. All I need is that word from God. And once I get that, I've got to get immersed in that. And that's where he said, attend to my words. Incline thine ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For their life to those that find them. And their health to all their flesh. So, in other words, in my life, just like yours, there's chokeholds that need to be broken. There's limitations that need to be broken so that all I can see is what God said. Can you see that with your life? So, with that, I begin to meditate on certain scriptures, and I I am every day meditating on certain things to enlarge my faith, because faith comes how? What's Romans ten seventeen says? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me take one little side trail, then I want to read something to you and we'll stop, okay? Think about this. Acts chapter 14, you, you remember the crippled man? Paul looked at him and perceived that what? He had faith to be healed. Now it says in that portion of scripture that the same man heard Paul speak, right? So faith comes how? 
by hearing. Now that word hearing in Rome, Romans 10, uh, 17 is in, it's in the past particle sense, if that makes sense. In other words, it's in a continual sense. It's not something you've heard once. It's something that you're constantly engaged in hearing. The same tense is used in Acts chapter 14 with the crippled man. He did not attend just this one meeting and hear Paul preach one message. Okay? Otherwise, it would just be a word that was in the past tense. No, 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 no. This is something that was in the past, but it was a continual tense. In other words, this man had heard over and over Paul preached the same message. In other words, he could have been to three or four different meetings. He, it could have been his fifth meeting. I don't know, what, but whatever it took for him to increase his level of faith to receive, finally, that's when Paul said, I can see him and I can perceive that he's now got faith to receive. Glory to God. I had uh, one time a lady in one of my meetings, uh, she got mad at me and uh, she was like an important like deaconess in the church. She got mad at me the first night of a two-week revival. First night she'd come up for healing and I laid hands on her. Before I did, I said, what's going to happen to you when I lay hands on you? She goes, well, I don't know. I sure hope God does something. I, go, I said, go sit down. You're not getting nothing from God tonight. She got mad at me, and I, I was just younger, and I had said some things pretty brash, but I'm going to have to get a little bit bolder just to tip some cows in people's lives if they'll receive it. <laughs> because some people need to be shook sometimes. And she got mad at me. She didn't come back the next night. And this lady was like, like up there, like the deaconess of all deaconesses in the church. She got, she got really upset. And finally she came back because she'd heard there'd been some miracles in the meeting. And uh, she came to the morning meeting. We taught on prayer and healing in the mornings. That's all we did was teach. She came to the night meeting and we would teach on faith and preach on faith and healing and miracles. She came the second night, the third night, the fourth, or she skipped the second, came third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, on the eighth night. And we went into two weeks. She came up to the line. I thought, this lady's bold and brave. I said, now what's going to happen to you when I lay hands on you? She said, when hands are laid on me, I'm going to receive. The power of God's going to go into my body and drive out all manner of sickness and disease, and I'll never be the same again in Jesus' name. I laid hands on her. power of God hit her. She fell out under the power. She didn't get up for like 10 minutes. Some people thought something was wrong with her, thought I smacked her in the head too hard. But when she got up, she stood up and started crying out loud, saying, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. But what did it take? She had to get her in a place where she was able to receive, and it took shaking her unbelief that said, well, I don't know what's going to happen to me. I sure hope something happens. That ain't faith. And sometimes you got to talk to yourself that way. That ain't faith. You ever found yourself saying certain things? You think, where did I learn to talk like that? That ain't faith. And sometimes you got to shake your, 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 well, my wife will do it to me, but I'm not encouraging you to do it to your spouse. 
you know, I, I appreciate it, though. We're a team, and sometimes she'll say, well, I'll come into agreement with that. Like, I'll say something like, well, this, my foot is just killing me or something like that. She'll, she'll grab my hand and say, well, two or more agree. It'll be done. And I'm like, I don't agree with that. My feet aren't killing me. I live and not die in Jesus' name. We, we say little things like that to catch us. But what happened was this lady got to a place where she heard it, she heard it, she heard it, she heard it, and finally faith was like Jiffy Pop. You, ever, you know what that Jiffy Pop is? You, you know, you could take microwave popcorn or Jiffy Pop, and you can shake that thing, and all of a sudden it'll start popping, and it'll pop, and it'll grow, and it'll grow, and it's not ready. It's not ready until... You can smell that butter and it opens up a little bit and finally a couple of the kernels, you know, the last few kernels develop and not all of a sudden you get to eat it and it's really good popcorn. That's the same with faith. It, it'll pop, 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 and then finally you see that thing start to manifest and grow. And that's when your faith meets the power of God. How can I get my faith to the place where it's ready? Hearing, hearing, and hearing, not heard. That's what I said in the beginning. Be careful that faith don't become old hat to you, right? Now, I wanted, wanted to say that to say this, and I'll, I'll close with this thought. That I read this out of the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow, which is by Kenneth Copeland. So I read it. I got it written in here right out of his book. Can I just read it to you? This is in quotes. He said, for the word to produce results in your life, you must give it your attention by spending time and studying it and meditating on it. Now, I love what he says here. He said, how much attention do I have to give to it, Brother Copeland? And he said, that depends on what kind of results you want. 10% word will produce 10% results. 50% word will give you 50% results. 100% word will give you 100% results. He said, when I first began learning about faith as a student at Oral Roberts University, I needed major results fast. He said, so I jumped in at the 100% level. He said, I used a technique I'd read about that the U.S. government used to train translators during World War II called total immersion. At the beginning of the war, there wasn't time for translators to become fluent at the normal rate. Uh, top speed, uh, to speed up the process, I should say, they were surrounded 100% with the language that they were learning. Research proved if they didn't hear or speak anything but that language, it literally made new grooves in their brains and they became fluent in six weeks or less. He said, while I was thinking about that, the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, if you'll do that, if you'll totally immerse yourself in the word and give yourself to it for a, just for a period of a week, it will change your entire future. It will change the direction of your life. Your faith will rise to a new level and will never go back. He said, I, decide, I decided to put it to test. I got my Bible, I got a notebook, and the few tapes on faith I had by Kenneth E. Hagin. And he said, I set up a study hall for myself in our little garage. And I told Gloria, when you call me for a meal, 
If I'm not there in five minutes, you and the kids go ahead and eat. I'm going to feed on the word of God. He said, I locked myself in there for seven days. The only time I came inside was to eat once in a while and to go to sleep at night. He said, when I did come in, the only thing Gloria and I talked about was faith and the word. We didn't discuss anything else the whole time. When I was out there listening to a tape and Kenneth Hagin referred to a scripture, I'd stop the tape and read the whole book that contained that verse. Then I'd turn the tape player back on and start listening again. And by the end of that seventh day period, exactly what the Lord had said came to pass. The word became the solid foundation of my life. In one week, the, Lord, or the word changed my thinking. It revolutionized the way I saw things. I still didn't know much, but what I did know was embedded so deeply you couldn't beat it out of me with a bat. From that time, faith became my way of life. I didn't live, I didn't live by faith just now and then, uh, I didn't, not just now and then, when I found myself in church. I did it every day. Isn't that cool? I like that. In other words, for him, that was total immersion. Sometimes you've got to get to the place when you're believing for something. Let's say it's an attack in your physical body. You can't be sidetracked and you can't consider your body. You can't consider your feelings. You've got to get in a place of total immersion with what did God say about my situation. And sometimes you don't need a whole book or three different books on healing. It might just be two or three scriptures that speak to you about your situation, but you can get to the place where that word, not only are you in the word, but that word gets in you and it starts speaking to you and it starts talking to you and it's so loud that it's louder than what you can hear on the outside and it's bigger on the inside of you than what you can see on the outside. And when that thing grows to the place where you're ready to receive, then everything you're looking at, it has to go. Right? The Bible says Caleb wholly followed after the Lord, right? He had another spirit. Remember the, the ten spies went out, but Caleb and Joshua had another spirit. And do you know, 45 years later, he's 85 and he still has that same spirit. He says, I'm stronger now at 85 than I was at 45. He, he was so full because when he wholly followed the Lord, you're single-minded. You're not sidetracked. You're only following him. When you're halfway doing it, then you're doing this and you're doing that and you're giving 50% here, 50% there. But Caleb didn't do that. And do you know, 45 years later, he was stronger than he was in the beginning. And when it came time to conquer the giants and when it came time to take the land, what did Caleb do? He said, give me this mountain, <laughs> right? Do you know your due season is when your faith is built to the capacity to receive. And that's when you'll be able to say, give me this mountain, the most discouraging thing is for you to say, give me this mountain because you were taught to say, but not taught to hear and build up the conduit of your faith to be able to say with genuine faith, give me this mountain. Praise the Lord. Y'all get something out of that today? This thing's not cooperating with my ear. Glory to God. I said, did you get something out of that? Hallelujah. Give God a big shout tonight. Come on, put your hands up to heaven and thank God for the word tonight. Father. I thank you that you're enlarging our place. You're enlarging our tents. You're, you're enlarging our capacity to receive. You're 
our faith is being enlarged exceedingly and rapidly. Glory to God for what you're about to do is going to be acceleration to the max. It's going to be faster than it's ever been. And we want to be ready when it happens. Glory to God. For truly, you will take us over with blessing. The blessings of the Lord will overtake us in a way, glory to God, where we won't have room enough to receive it. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for a word tonight for every single individual that spoke to their heart, that set them free. In the name of Jesus, if you received a word tonight, just thank God for it real quick, just right where you're at. In fact, just pray in the Holy Ghost and seal that word in your spirit right now. Just get it sealed in there. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your word is working mightily in us. Your word is working mightily in us. Your word, it's working mightily in us. We thank you, Lord. Your word is growing us up. Our faith is growing and being developed. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're, we're seeing how and what to do and strategies as to how to immerse ourselves in your word and hide that in our heart so that we might not sin against thee. <laughs> Hallelujah. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you for your word. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. You're magnificent. You're glorious. We honor you. What you've spoken to us to the, tonight, we can't even put a price tag on it. It's worth every, everything that this world could hold. We value and treasure your word like one that found a great spoil. We thank you for your word tonight. It sets us free. It's anointed. And that anointing removes every burden, destroys every yoke. We give you praise and we give you glory. Come on, lift your hands right now and praise them. We praise you, Lord. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We glorify and magnify your name. Hallelujah. We magnify, we magnify you, Lord. <laughs> and we give you thanks for feeding our spirits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Give God a big shout tonight. Hallelujah. We, we want to receive this evening's uh, offering, tithing offering. We want to give you an opportunity to sow. Just as the word's been sown into your heart, we want to give you an opportunity to sow a seed tonight into the kingdom and into the church. We want to thank everyone that contributes to what God's been doing. I'll tell you what, I'm just so excited about what God's doing in this church and how we've got such an evangelistic thrust and people are getting saved. Every week people are getting saved at this church. Last week we had 130 plus get born again at our event. What a, a wonderful, wonderful event. Hallelujah. There's going to be much more of that because that's the heartbeat of the church. Amen. And we're growing the kingdom. But to do what's bigger, we're going to have to grow in faith to do that because it's going to take faith to do it in Jesus' name. How many can do that? How many can get immersed in the word? Sure, that's our part. Amen. Let's pray over that offering as you have received it. Father, we thank you once again for the opportunity to sow. We believe your word. That as we give, it's given back unto us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto our bosom. Thank you that you're increasing us more and more in Jesus' name. Thank you for those that are online. We bless them now 
in the name of Jesus and declare increase over their finances, increase over their homes and blessing in Jesus' name. Same with all that are in this congregation today. I call them blessed in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Don't forget that we have Sunday morning service. Uh, we're going to be having our graduates from this campus here. We're going to honor our graduates here at this campus Sunday. And so uh, we've got Sunday at the other campus as well. Our churches are growing and expanding. God's increasing us. Are there other announcements that I've missed? We have our grocery giveaway this Saturday at the Hempus, the Hempus campus. <laughs> that doesn't sound good, does it? No, it's not a marijuana campus. It's <laughs> <laughs> the Hemet Campus grocery giveaway this Saturday. You know what time that is? At 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Be a part of that. That'll bless you to be involved in that. <laughs> Always something funny going on here uh, at the church. Amen. Aren't you glad we can have fun at church and be lighthearted? Hey, we love you. We call you blessed today. I hope you love me back. But if you don't, I love you. <laughs> we love you that are watching online as well. And Hopefully we get to see your face and come join us at church. And if you don't have a home church and you're watching us, try us out. If this ain't the church for you, get in the church you're supposed to be in, but be plugged into what God's doing in this last days. Amen. Stand